Good afternoon, I'm John Chalchikio, Deputy Mayor for Planning and Economic Development, and welcome to this week's Recovery Weekly Check-In with DevHead. Uh, excited to be joined this week uh, by several of our housing agency partners uh, to talk about a topic uh, that is top of mind with it being the first of the month, and that is rental assistance. So just yesterday, Mayor Bowser announced the Housing Stabilization Grant, uh, which are an opportunity for housing providers, uh, both in our affordable housing portfolio, as well as small housing providers, to apply for assistance for their properties uh, that would also be passed along to their uh, renters. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, and I have with me a couple of guests uh, that uh, have talked about rental assistance and have uh, done it throughout the pandemic uh, because we know that rental assistance is top of mind for folks. I have Holly Donaldson, uh, the Director of the Department of Housing and Community Development. Uh, Laura Zeilinger, the Department of Human Services. Uh, and Chris Donald, the director of the DC Housing Finance Agency. All will talk about uh, housing, uh, rental assistance, and what we're doing to help people uh, get through the pandemic. As you know that uh, we have rental assistance programs that have been open, uh, but we want to get more attention to them. Uh, and this new approach that I talked about, the housing stabilization grant, is one that we're going to talk about today, as well as the ability for housing providers to access some of our uh, other programs as well uh, in the coming weeks. So with that, I want to turn it over to Holly Donaldson, uh, the Director of the Department of uh, Housing and Community Development. Uh, and while she talks, I'm going to figure out how to get this map fixed. Holly, with thank, that. Thank, thank you, Deputy Mayor. Appreciate it. Glad everyone could join us today. Um, I'm, I'm going to walk you through our rent relief programs and resources that we have. I want you to very much so keep in mind that um, we know the need is great, uh, that the, the rents are, are essential to maintaining our housing stock. That's what enables the, uh, our, our affordable housing to stay affordable and what enables our small landlords to be able to continue to offer affordable housing and housing in throughout the eight wards of the district. So we want to be able to provide financial relief to tenants who are unable to pay their rent and we want to preserve our stock of affordable housing, and that's the point of today's Housing Provider Rent Assistance Program. Well, but first I want to share that we actually surveyed housing providers in the Housing uh, Stabilization Grant. Uh, next slide, please. Um, and that we did that because we really wanted to know what the actual impact was um, of, the, uh, of the pandemic on rental housing. And here's some of, the, um, here's some of what we found as we ask them about their, their business model, about their tenants, and about the expectations they had for the future. Um, of the survey respondents who had a mortgage on their property, 34% said they had difficulty paying that mortgage in October. And despite many efforts that we have made, and we've certainly been here before at the, at the check-in to talk about our emergency rental assistance program, most housing providers who participated in the survey were unaware of the many district programs and protections that have been passed as part of the pandemic response. And so no program was familiar, familiar to more than half of the respondents. And furthermore, rent assistance for residents who have been impacted economically by COVID-19 was the number one policy proposal suggested by housing providers in the survey. And so we heard you. We heard, the, uh, heard that. We also heard small landlords as an essential uh, part of our housing market needing help and assistance. So what have we done? We've, next slide, please. Have um, put together $10 million of CARES Act funding to cover up to $2,000 per month since, uh, since from April um, when the pandemic really hit the hardest in terms of impact. The program will pay 80% of the delinquent rent if and only if and only the housing provider agrees to waive the remaining 20% and any unpaid fees. And so this really becomes the way to help both providers and credit tenants for uh, rent owed to help them stay stably housed. 
Uh, next slide, please. So who can apply? This program is the first that's allowing applications for housing providers to apply on behalf of their tenants, but in two very specific subgroups, which we want to make sure we are protecting first, and that are housing providers with properties that are either in the DHCD portfolio, meaning they received housing production trust fund dollars or other federal or local subsidies, or are in the housing finance agency portfolio particularly those that have been participants in the low-income housing tax credit program. And you also very much want to help the small landlords. So these are housing providers with 20 or fewer total rental units that are not in the other portfolio of affordable housing. And this is for many, really, we've heard from small landlords of their needs and the needs to keep, and we want those units to be maintained as part of our housing stock as well. So next uh, slide, the timeline. Applications open today. Uh, the application is live on the coronavirus.dc.gov backslash rent uh, on that website. The application for the small landlords is live and information on how to access uh, the housing finance agency implementing the, um, for the larger, uh, the larger portfolio of affordable housing projects. Um, links to their website are there as well. There will be $9 million for, the, uh, for rent in the affordable housing portfolio, $1 million for small landlords. And again, because this is funded by the state and local dollars in the CARES Act, it must be expended by December 31st of this year. So we have prioritized this program, these dollars for this month. The application period will be from December 1st and will close on Friday, December 11th. And we will be assessing on a rolling basis. And so I do encourage you to gather, to check, check out the website, gather the necessary documents and materials, and also uh, determine your eligibility for which program and to be able to respond. Uh, next slide, slide, please. So just so we, I want to reiterate, we also have existing rent assistance programs that your tenants can apply for if you're a housing provider we're having a tenant, and you're not in the portfolio, and you're not a small landlord, there still are the CHAP, the Coronavirus Housing Assistance Program, and the slide gives you the information to hear. It's a $6.2 million program funded by Community Development Block Grants. That money does not expire on December 31st, but will continue into the new year. And actually, in January, we are going to supplement it with a CHAP program for plans for housing providers. And so we're going to add an additional $4 million in January to support that effort as well. Um, so I, I also know that we're going to hear from Director Zeilinger, and she'll talk about the ERAP, the Emergency Rent Assistance Program that the, the Department of Human Services runs. We're coordinating very closely with our two agencies because we're using many of the same community organizations to implement the program, and we want to make sure that we're coordinated and maximizing the resources in the community. So, Deputy Mayor, I'm going to turn it back to you. I thank you very much, and I'd be happy to for the conversation that we'll have later. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So, I know uh, we uh, presented a lot of information just in those first few minutes. Uh, we have folks who are watching on Channel 16, folks who are watching on uh, live streams on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, if you have questions, uh, you can use the hashtag uh, DC Hope, that'll help us uh, see it on Facebook or uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you're on the phone line, uh, you can uh, press zero now, and that will get you into the queue to ask a question or join the conversation. Uh, and next up, we have uh, the director of the Department of Human Services. As Polly mentioned, uh, Laura runs the uh, ERAP program, the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, uh, and it is a program that has been in place before the pandemic, uh, but we wanted to bring attention to it uh, again today. So, Laura, I'll turn it to you. Thank you so much. Um, appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to uh, be here and share information about the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, often referred to as ERAP. And I think shortly you'll see the slides about the program uh, up on the screen. And I'm going to start with an overview. So ERAP is available for residents who need help with their housing assistance with their rent because they have overdue rent or rent arrears because of difficulty paying rent. 
and it can help with past rent as well as with rehousing assistance for people who have lost their housing and need support with first month rent and security deposit to regain housing in an emergency. I, applicants are eligible for ERAP once they um, owe rent more than 30 days past due and based on their income. There, um, there's a slide that will shortly uh, be up. I hope to show what is that income threshold for ERAP based on uh, the based based on the size of the household. It is based on uh, the area median income. It's a HUD guideline. It's also available on the HUD website and on the DHS website. So residents who are at 40%, and you can move forward a couple of slides. Um, at 40% of the area median income are eligible for ERAP. There, um, and so, uh, and again, it can be used for rent arrears. It cannot be used for utilities, mortgage, or, um, or other housing expenses, but it can help with back rent, first month's rent security deposit based on income and owing past rent. Next slide, please. Um, so the way that residents can both determine whether or not they may be eligible for ERAP or learn more about the program uh, is through the DHS website. The link is going to show up shortly on your screen. It is at dhs.dc.gov and, uh, and on the ERAP page. And there is a self-assessment uh, where one can determine there whether or not they are likely to qualify for ERAP. And if so, you can make an appointment with one of the community organizations with whom we partner on the website. Then they will um, reach back in contact with an appointment and to confirm that. The second way a resident can access support with ERAP is by directly calling one of our community providers to schedule an appointment. Uh, because of the anticipated large volume during the public health emergency, uh, we find that the website is the easiest way to arrange an appointment and, to, uh, and we encourage people to put in their application through the website. And if you do not see an appointment right away to check back in a couple of days, we get a lot of duplicate records and then need to clean those up in order to clear available appointments. And we hope to be able to solve that issue more expeditiously, but uh, really through the website portal would be a great way for residents to know whether they qualify and to begin that application process. Uh, on the next slide, I wanted to help folks understand um, that resources are available, that we oftentimes people wait until they are um, at risk of eviction because they've received a writ before they apply for ERAP, but we want to encourage people to apply if they've been having trouble and paying their rent and owe rent arrears now. Uh, so there, we have um, a $14 million that are right now appropriated to help residents who qualify for ERAP. And so far, um, we have dispersed just over $312,000 this year. And so really want to encourage people who are having difficulty to put in that application and to go, again, go ahead and get help with their rent. Uh, and we've been supporting residents with this program um, for many years, and particularly since the beginning of the public health emergency. Uh, on the next slide, I wanted to also call attention to some recent changes to the ERAP program in the public health emergency. There is council legislation and regulations that the Department of Human Services issued that make some new changes. One relates to the income threshold by which people qualify. That is at 40% of the area median income that we went over what that looks like. But also um, it raises the rent assistance cap. So whereas before there was a cap that was a fixed cap of $4,250 with which we could, um, with a maximum with which we could help residents. Now that uh, amount is based on HUD's rent reasonableness guidelines and based on the zip code and size of the apartment. And, uh, and we can help with up to five months worth of rent. The other really important change we want people to be aware of is that households can apply twice. 
in a calendar year. It used to be that we could only accept one application from a household within 12 months, and recent changes allow us to support a household twice, which means that uh, folks should not wait until they are facing eviction to apply. They should, because they can apply again if they still need help with rent um, a second time within the year. So those are some important developments and information about the program. Um, as Director Donaldson said on the next slide, um, we are working closely in coordination to really um, make the residents' experience applying for assistance as seamless as possible, meaning that we will be um, working to um, combine and have one singular application for rent assistance and to have a singular um, call line where people can call to get more information. We also are working on enhancements to our application portal that will allow um, people to upload documents and evidences that are needed for their application and, to, as I noted, to just improve that scheduling process uh, with one of our community providers who administer ERAP on behalf of the district. So uh, we are, uh, again, resources are available. We know that they're going to continue to be needed, and we're focused on making them accessible to residents, and, uh, and are grateful to get the word out that the help is here for people who need it. Uh, thank you, and I will turn it back to you, Deputy Mayor. Thanks so much. And uh, Laura, also important to highlight again that uh, folks can apply more than once, uh, and explain the thinking behind that change. So we know that oftentimes people will wait because they don't, they know they may need help again in the future. And that traditionally ERAP was only available to residents once in a 12 month period. With emergency legislation that is now in place, residents can apply twice. So if you owe rent arrears now, um, this, the overall financial cap is gonna be the same, whether somebody applies now or applies in four, five, six months, the cap is the cap. But you can get a partial payment up to the cap now and additional help if you still need it later. So we, do, we know that uh, landlords, we want them to maintain their buildings and have the resources that they need to have quality housing conditions. And um, not, going, not building up that debt is great for our tenants as well as important for our landlords to maintain their buildings. So we really want to encourage people who need that help to come get it. We also know that the need is going to be great, and that it might, and that if people know they need that assistance now, applying for it now is important um, because if we haven't spent down ERAP funds, it's difficult to go ahead and request more funds uh, if we haven't spent the funds appropriated, even though we know the need is out there. So I want to just really encourage people to not wait. And Laura, that's a great point that you made there at the end about if uh, folks need help, it's uh, really helpful to us to know how much resource we're going to need in order to meet the need uh, by folks coming forward now and doing so. And that change to allow people to apply more than once in a year uh, is there so that you don't uh, feel like that's a hurdle that you have to overcome later. So we'll talk more about that uh, later uh, in the program. Uh, thank you, Laura, for uh, that presentation on ERAP. Uh, next up, uh, to talk more about the Housing Stabilization Program uh, is Chris Donald. Uh, he is the uh, director of the department, or, or excuse me, the DC Housing Finance Agency, uh, which works hand-in-hand -hand with uh, DHED to help us invest in affordable housing throughout the district. And so we're going to have Chris Donald uh, present, but before he does, I do want to thank uh, the at-large council member for housing, as the mayor likes to say, Anita Bond. Uh, she can't be with us today. Uh, because the council has a session uh, at this uh, very moment. But we do want to thank her. Uh, she has been a great uh, sounding board uh, for us as we develop these programs and just couldn't uh, uh, miss the opportunity to thank her for her work and her support uh, of this. Uh, and I know uh, Director Donald is in touch with uh, Councilmember Bonds often uh, and uh, is uh, uh, assisted by her uh, regularly. So with that, I want to turn it over to Director Donald. Good afternoon, everyone. My name, again, is Christopher Donald, and I'm with the D.C. Housing Finance Agency. I do want to take a quick second to acknowledge my team and how hard they've been working over the last week or so to get this program set up. So thank you very much uh, to everyone at the agency. I want to talk a little bit about what we're doing across the pandemic and then specifically get to our housing stabilization grant program. 
many of you may be familiar with the program we have called REMIT, uh, which is a reverse mortgage insurance and taxes program for seniors who are having trouble paying those reverse mortgages. That program will step in and provide up to $25,000 to help abate those delinquencies. It's a 0% interest loan. There are income restrictions, so please go to our website where you can find out more about that. That's at www.dchfa.org. The other program that we have is called COVID MAP, uh, and that's a program that is meant to help homeowners in the District of Columbia who have a delinquency on their mortgage as a result of the COVID pandemic. And we'll provide up to six months of assistance at a maximum of $5,000 per month for a total of $30,000 in mortgage assistance help. Again, that's going to be a 0% interest loan. We'll be looking for that loan to be repaid at the end of that period, but given how much, um, how many challenges there are economically for the families that we're assisting, we understand that that repayment will likely not happen immediately, and that amount would then be added to the existing mortgage to be paid uh, when available. The final thing that we're focused on here, and um, Director Donaldson spoke about this, in combination with DHCD, we're working on the Housing Stabilization Grant. And just to give you some context of who we're serving uh, and, and who we anticipate touching. Between DHCD and DCHSA, we have a combined universe of about 274 properties, which consists of about 30,000 units. All of those units have either 4% tax-exempt bonds and credits or some other form of federal subsidy, which includes CDBG, home monies, or local subsidies uh, coming out of the Housing Production Trust Fund. If your property falls into one of those buckets, then you are absolutely qualified to, to apply for this subsidy. At this time, we will be funding that need first to preserve the district's portfolio of affordable housing units. And I know that the mayor and the deputy mayor are focused on identifying additional resources to help other multifamily owners across the city. So that's hurdle number one. If you go to our webpage today, again, that's at www.dchfa.org. On the top bar, you will see a button that says COVID assistance. You can also reach that site as well through the coronavirus DC slash rent um, link as well to get to our site. On that site, you'll see a list of requirements in order to apply for housing stabilization grant. I'm going to run through those a little bit. I, I won't belabor them here, but if you have additional questions, we're going to have resources for you all to reach out to us and to get more information. That list includes rent rolls from March 2020 until the present. It also includes a rent delinquency report from April 2020 until November of 2020, a complete delinquency template, completed delinquency template, which will be a download on our site, um, a basic business license. So it is going to be really important that all the folks uh, applying for these grants make sure that they're in compliance and good standing with all the DC laws and regulations. Uh, we'll be looking for clean hand certificates, uh, proof of property insurance certificate, property info, and the name of the property, the address, number of units, unit mix. Next slide. And then we'll also be looking for the rental income shown on the income taxes. We'll be working with landlords understanding that those uh, audits are submitted on a rolling basis. So please contact us um, if there are questions about that. The other really important point that it's, it's really uh, essential that we highlight, and we will need owner's help with this, and we will be verifying ourselves. If you have residents that are already receiving a rental subsidy from another one of the programs that's already been talked about, please flag and identify that now. What we don't want to have happen is for us not to be able to leverage the limited resources we have to touch as many people as possible. So uh, if you can highlight that in your rent rolls so that we know that and we don't have to square that up ourselves, it will expedite the process. Finally, we're going to ask for all of the housing providers to make sure that they certify and attest that all of the information that they're providing us with is accurate and correct. Um, and so if you have questions, you can write to hsg at dchsa.org. Again, that's H is in housing, S is in stabilization, G is in grants at dchsa.org. We've also established a 1-800 number, which is 1-833-201-9989. Again, that's 1-833-201-9989. You can submit your applications through that email address that I just listed out, 
And if you have questions about the application process, you can also again call 833-201-9989. Next slide, please. The most important thing that we've been working through is how do we keep this process simple and make sure that we can get out assistance to as many residents as possible. We understand that this is an ecosystem and the health of the residents is also going to be directly impacting the health of the housing providers. At the end of the day, this is critically important because the first thing that's gonna happen if we can't get our housing, housing providers stable is that it impacts the condition of the property, right? And therefore, it impacts the homes of those that we're ultimately trying to serve. And at the end of the day, we, if we don't support these housing providers over the long term, we won't be able to preserve these units. So this is an important step for us to make sure that we implement and to get those resources out. So in order to do that expeditiously, our process is gonna be step number one, review the document submittal that the housing providers upload to our website. Secondly, to evaluate the need that's outlined uh, in that application. Third, to make a determination of need after we've done that analysis. Fourth, to actually execute the grant agreement and those attestations that we just talked about. And finally, we'll make the grant award. We are planning on these grant awards being done on a rolling basis. So the sooner you get your information in, the sooner that we can review your application, and the sooner that we can possibly disperse those grant proceeds. So please, if you've got the information, get it to us as quickly as possible. We wanna make sure that this process is as easy and as simple as possible. So if there's questions, again, you can email hsg at dthfa.org, or you can call us on 1-833-201-9989. Um, Director Donaldson went over some of the requirements from a compliance perspective in terms of funding uh, those delinquencies. The agencies will only fund up to 80% of those delinquencies and the balance of that 20% are incumbent upon the housing provider to pay for. The other thing that happens is when we help reduce or eliminate these delinquencies, we are also expecting that the housing provider will not pursue those residents in the future for those uh, delinquent balances that have been paid off. That's going to be really essential, and we will be monitoring that on an ongoing basis. We want to make sure that our housing providers get taken care of, but we also want to make sure that we put the residents in the, in the position to be stable on a moving forward basis. If you have any questions, you know how to reach this again at hsg at gchfa.org or on 1-833-201-9989. Thank you. Thanks so much, uh, Director. And, um, Really thank you for uh, working with us to stand this up uh, in a really uh, short amount of time and also uh, working to execute the program uh, as well in, in a really short window. Uh, but we know the relief is needed. We talked about a number of programs uh, today. We talked about CHAP, ERAP, COVID map, REMIT, uh, and of course the housing stabilization grant. Uh, but what we haven't talked about just yet is the people uh, and how this impacts uh, residents and, uh, and those housing providers as well. And so uh, Polly's going to bring in a couple of other guests. Reminder, if you do have a question and you're listening on the phone line, you can hit zero now. Uh, or if you uh, are on social media, use the hashtag DCHOPE, and that will allow us to uh, see your question. So Polly, bring in the conversation. Yes. It's my pleasure to uh, introduce to you uh, Mr. Artie Harris, who is the Vice President of Real Estate at the Montgomery Housing Partnership. And they are particularly... Uh, involved with one of our major preservation fund developments called Worthington Woods in, in Ward 8 and, um, and really have been a model for how a housing provider can work with tenants who have not been able to pay their rent in order to help them apply for some of our rent assistance programs. And I really want to Artie to be able to tell the story of that and really we want to thank MHP for their efforts and their work on preservation. So I've known Artie for 25 years. He's been an affordable housing developer for a, a, a lot of good work here in the district and in the region. So Artie, please uh, tell your story. It'd be great to hear. Well, thank you, Director Donaldson and, and Deputy Mayor for the opportunity to be here today. And happy to be part of this team whose work is responding to residents' needs. We all do that. Uh, I'd first like to start with a little bit about MHP and then how we got involved in the district. At MHP, our mission is to preserve and expand the availability of quality, affordable 
housing in the region, providing more than 2,000 homes to over 4,000 people. For over 30 years, MHP has been housing people, empowering families, and strengthening neighborhoods. In, in 2019, we purchased, as, as Polly mentioned, a Worthington Woods, a, almost a 400-unit property in Ward 8 that was built in 1944. Uh, our mission is consistent with our mission. We, prevent, we propose to keep that property affordable for the long term. And we're so proud that the Worthington Woods Tenants Association has a 15% financial stake in that property. We want the residents to be part of the communities that we buy. We're also very proud that we, we could not have bought that property without funding from the mayor from her affordable housing preservation fund. So we, we also purchased just this past summer another property in DC called Crescent Park Village, a 110-unit property also in, in, in Ward 8. So we're making a, a strong commitment to, to DC because we think one is in each with our mission and we love providing not just the six and grace, but the community services, community support programs to help empower the families and strengthen the neighborhoods. So Worthington Woods, our plan, long-term plan is two things. One, the sticks and bricks. The community never had a community space for the residents to gather and to also to have programs. So that's one of our first priorities, to build a community center. Also, the, the property, even though it's in generally good condition, it needs to have upgrades in the electrical, HVAC systems, modernize the kitchens and baths, and provide all the roofs. So that's another priority. Uh, another big priority is we plan to install solar panels at the property. We'll do the, one of the largest solar installations in, this, in the district over, over two megawatts of, of electricity generated, which the primary purpose of it is to reduce the residents' utility bills. And also, the, who we're providing, partnering with, committed to provide job training, especially for residents in Ward 8, and also some of the residents of our property will be trained in that in how to install uh, those panels. Another part which we pride ourselves on is providing support services. And so along with the community center, we'll be able to provide those support services. But even as early as next year, we'll be partnering with a local nonprofit career catchers to help our residents provide counseling services for career planning. So while in the near term, those are our priorities, but in the, in the immediate term, our, our priority is to help the residents get through COVID. And so many of them are struggling because they work in industries that have been hit hard by COVID. They're suffering from either uh, loss of hours of employment or loss of their job entirely. So we created a dedicated resource team, outreach team, to work with the residents to provide assistance and to help them apply for that assistance. The assistance includes programs around utility assistance, food assistance, rent assistance, unemployment, and financial assistance. So we connect them with those agencies and we also help them with the applications. We also created our own uh, emergency assistance fund, and we also provide some funding for the residents. I have to give a big shout out to our property management company that went the extra mile to help the residents sign up for the programs in the city. Uh, as, as Polly had talked about, there's the CAP program and the EREF program. So it took a team to make this happen, and what we did was, as long as the resident gave us permission to file for them, we did it because some of them had a, had a hard time because it's hard to get access to them during COVID. It's hard to go door knocking, but if they gave us written permission, we would prepare those applications for them. So while we helped many, there's so many more that need help. Therefore, when we heard of the, this program yesterday, the Housing Grant Stabilization Program, we were just ecstatic for a number of reasons. One, it, it's great, those funds are greatly needed right now. And as Christopher and others have talked about, it's easier to apply, the way they set up the new system, it's easier to apply for those, especially during COVID. It's more efficient for the city to administer. And one important thing 
It creates resident stability and peace of mind because it provides for rent forgiveness and you don't have to worry about the burden of being saddled with all that back rent. So I'd like to end by saying thank you to Mayor Bowser, the Deputy Mayor, Director Donaldson and their staff for their leadership in responding to the needs of our neighbors. And now I'd like to introduce one of the uh, residents of Worthington Woods, Ronnie Jamison. James, Ronnie is the Vice President of the Tenants Association, and he's a very strong leader in the community. And I'd like Ronnie to speak about his experience at the property and all that he and MHP are doing. Ronnie, could you unmute yourself, please, before you talk? Ronnie, you need to unmute yourself. Uh, Ronnie, you may have to unmute yourself on your phone, not the computer. Yes. All right, Ronnie, we got you now. Thank you so much, Artie. And uh, my experience with HP. has been great. It was it was it was almost a godsend to the community when uh MHP decided to to uh purchase Worthington Woods because we were we were every everyone was in a cocoon about what what was going to happen to our our neighborhood. Now our neighborhood has become a real community. They came in and listened to what our needs were. And instead of telling us what they were coming in to do, and we all we all fell in form with each other. What what has what has what has happened what has happened since, since uh, as I already said about the community center that uh, we, we we were in so much need of here in Ward Eight in this neighborhood because we had no we had no place together for programs for for uh meetings for uh to uh and just to be uh become neighbors uh with each other but now what we before covid we met we had to meet we had to meet in schools gymnasiums churches bed houses uh laundry rooms uh, parks wherever we could to get to to try to uh, come to some uh, have some form of communication between but between each other. But we we were excited about uh, MHP coming in and uh, and agreeing with uh, a lot of our needs about the, the upgrades, the community centers, and 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 we didn't have a tenants association. They actually encouraged us. To to uh, get our tenants uh, tenant association started and uh, become fully active in it, and that's what we have done. We have we we have uh, for for two years we've get, given turkeys to seniors for 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 the holidays. We given program programs and for the the children, and uh, we uh, for Christmas we offering raffles of. Uh, Gift certificates for so people can uh, assist. Uh, that be of assistance to someone. Uh, some of the people in their in their uh, maybe utility bills of uh, purchasing gifts or whatever. But what what for on this side of town, that the resources that we had to go have the use of of, of uh, computer systems. Every I see every everything everything is uh, needed to have uh, a bunch of the applications that that a lot of the people are terrified about that because they not have is they feeling it's too complicated they think it needs to be simplified and uh, they're having problems uh, verifying uh, some of the information that they that they are. Uh, applications uh, call for and i'm i'm almost positive that they do they do qualify for it but they might might not have the ability to get the information but uh mhp is is uh 
doing all they can to try to uh, decrease a bunch of that anxiety that people are uh, are having about getting behind in rent or maybe falling behind in rent and uh, uh, it's creating in some in some in, in some areas a a sad uh, family uh, atmosphere, but uh, I'm sure they will be they'll be glad to hear about uh, the new funds, the, the relief funds coming for the COVID. But they're going to still have uh, instances where they're going to be uh, a little tentative because of not being able to think they will qualify because they might not be able, just might not be able to come up with that information. And uh, MHP, I'm positive, will have a, a, a great influence on on uh, that situation with uh, the, the the tenants that need it, and and for for for, for one thing, MHP, the fund the funds the relief funds does not necessarily have to go to the 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 tenant it will, if it comes to MHP or to the uh, property management system that will give a great relief to the to uh, the tenants or, or, or that COVID has uh, affected because it has affected a lot. I live right across from where what used to be a hub, a great hub uh, of uh, traffic of people going to and from work children going to and from school, out to preschool programs, after school programs, and all, all of that is, is gone now. And through libraries being closed, we have one library open on this entire side of town that they could go, if, if they needed to use a uh, computerized system, they, they wouldn't be able to because more than likely there's a backup or maybe they wouldn't even uh, have the ability to get there to schedule themselves for it. So if, if, if MHP can be awarded some of, some of the funds and considerations for relief for the tenants here and Worthington Woods, it will be greatly appreciated. I thank you. My name is Ronnie Jameson. Ronnie Jameson, thank you so much uh, for that. And uh, i got to ask you, how long have you lived at Worthington Woods? I, I've lived at Worthington Woods for six years, but I was right, uh, in my present residence, I was around the corner, uh, just around the, cor the corner for 20 years. So in, 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 in my entirety, 25 years. Fantastic. Well, I just wanted to ask that because I think uh, some of what you said really struck me. When you said the word uh, terrified, it really yes. did. Uh, because, uh, you know, we can never, uh, you know, overstate how, you know, the impact of this pandemic has had on people's lives. And to think that people are terrified to apply for a program that can help them, it really shows why we have a different approach uh, on this program with the housing stabilization, that the housing uh -huh. provider can actually navigate all that the renter would have to navigate previously. Yes. Then that ter then that terrified I was speaking of, they're terrified of the of uh, no or uh, uh, they being being rejected from so some program because of some minor some minor uh information that they were not able to get uh, in a timely manner or, or something like that because I'm sure they actually qualify. Right. Well Ronnie, I want to bring some more folks into this conversation. So I'm going to actually go to some of the questions that we received. Uh, and actually, some of them, I think, speak to what you uh, were referring to. Uh, so I'm going to ask uh, Holly and Chris and uh, Laura to help us. But uh, the first question uh, actually uh, came uh, on social media, and it was, if a resident receives LRST, can they apply for any of the programs today? I can answer that. Um, no, no. Uh, anyone who's receiving a housing subsidy from the D.C. Housing Authority, and that includes uh, Project uh, Choice, uh, Housing Choice Vouchers and LRST, must go to the Housing Authority for recertification of their income, which will reduce their rent and the amount that they owe in addition to what uh, the subsidy pays for. So that's uh, COVID-19 at dchousing.org is the 
way to access the housing authority. Okay, and Polly, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the Housing Choice Voucher Program because uh, Derek in Northwest had a question uh, whether the uh, Housing Choice Voucher recipients can participate in ERAP, uh, but it seems like you've answered that already. Laura? Uh, Laura could confirm that. Confirm that as well. Hi, thanks for that question. So we coordinate with the um, tenant and the housing authority in those instances. We know that if someone's had a change of income, that um, they can negotiate what their rent is with the housing authority since they already have a subsidy that's based on what they can pay. Um, so, um, so yes, we do assist people um, with their rent arrears who already have affordable housing or an LRSP voucher or other DCHA subsidy, but we do it in collaboration with the housing authority. And uh, Wendy asked on Facebook, uh, what about utility? Is, uh, utilities, excuse me, is there any relief for that? Uh, and there is the LIHE program. Uh, we'll make sure that on the coronavirus.dc.gov slash rent uh, that that information is uh, there. I think it's going to be at the bottom of the page. Uh, so if you look to coronavirus.dc.gov slash rent, uh, that is where you can find more information about the LIHE program uh, for utility assistance. Uh, and then uh, Delroy in uh, Ward 5 uh, asked how soon the grant funds uh, will be allocated and dispersed, and I think that's probably to the housing stabilization uh, grant. And so, Holly, can you talk about it for the small landlords? Sure. For the, the small landlords, we're accepting applications through December 11th, but we are beginning to process them immediately. Uh, the links to the application are directly on coronavirus.dc.gov slash rent, and you can click onto the application directly from that, from that site. Um, if I could, I'd like to walk through, Deputy Mayor, uh, some of the uh, requirements. Uh, they're very similar to what uh, Director Donald uh, refers to for the, uh, the affordable housing portfolio. Obviously, you have to have, uh, you have to be the owner of the unit to apply. There actually is no limit on the rent amount. However, you will only receive a maximum of $2,000, uh, which would be the, 80, uh, 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 the portion that the district is going to be able to pay. Um, the forgiveness of the other portion of the rent is also going to be required as well. And you cannot be receiving other forms, other your tenant cannot be receiving other forms of assistance. The same requirements in terms of documentation, a basic business license, uh, your uh, income tax uh, return, that, uh, Schedule E that shows the amount of rent income that you declared on your tax, uh, the same true for the district income tax. Uh, you need to give evidence that you own the unit and that there is a lease, an active lease for the unit, and have clean hands certification, which is very standard for district grants in that way. Uh, payments will be uh, executed prior to December 31st, um, and we actually are looking to um, move that along in, uh, 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 as soon as we start receiving applications and can process them from the small landlords. Remember, small is defined as you own no more than 20 units or less, and that you are leasing them. So if it is, uh, that is the definition of small landlord in this case. And uh, uh, Polly, just one note, the $2,000 is a $2,000 per month. Correct. Sorry, per month. Yes, indeed. Thank Great. you. Uh, Chris, anything to add onto that? No, it's really important that folks move as quickly as possible. The sooner you get us your information, the sooner we're able to review, the sooner that we're able to make these grant determinations. So it's uh, in the interest of all of our residents that we do that as quickly as possible. And Chris, I think you said that uh, before we started that you actually have received some of your first uh, applications, and so yes. really encourage folks to get those in. Yes, absolutely. We've already identified at least a million dollars worth of need in the first 12 hours. 12 hours. Um, so another question that we have is from uh, Taneda, who's a Ward 8 uh, landlord, and asked if uh, if rapid rehousing applications uh, can be modified to reduce uh, some of the requirements. Um, so if you want to uh, take that, Laura. This is about rapid rehousing application can be modified to reduce some of the requirements. That's a, um, that's a question. Yeah, um, so I'm not quite sure um, the nature of what I think is important for folks to know is uh, we have 
extended subsidies for families who are receiving rapid rehousing through the public health emergency. So whereas in um, the past somebody, there is a time limit on assistance through the rapid rehousing program, understanding that people are gonna need some more time to rebuild income, we have been able to extend participation in that program. We, so nobody, so landlords are receiving full rent for all participants in rapid rehousing. In terms of application for participation in rapid rehousing, if there's something that seems um, burdensome, we really encourage any landlord to reach out to us at THS. You can do that. We have our Home for the Holidays event going on right now. So anyone who's interested and has units there would like to rent to people who are exiting homelessness with subsidies. Um, they can do that by um, our Home for the Holidays at dc.gov email address. Uh, and, um, and you could also put in a question there for us to respond, or um, you could reach out to, um, to us at DHS. Um, you could reach to me directly, laura.zeilinger at dc.gov, or, um, or to our team uh, at the Department of Human Services. Uh, in, there's some contact information on our website for that as well. All right. Um, and the next question trying to make sure we get through all of them. They're coming in rapidly. Uh, for the uh, housing stabilization grants, uh, what if the uh, uh, resident has a balance prior to April 1st? Um, Holly or Chris, do you want to talk to that, speak to that? The residents have a, a delinquency prior to April 1st. The grant program is not to relieve that delinquency. Residents need to work that delinquency out uh, with the housing service provider. And, and they can access actually CHAP and ERAP for that uh, specifically and uh, to address past arrears. So it is possible to combine for different months. That, that's why the record keeping is very critical to this on the part of the housing provider providing those, uh, uh, that information in order that we can uh, provide the greatest amount of assistance. The other uh, reason is the source of these uh, dollars for the housing stabilization grants are federal CARES Act dollars. Uh, and you have to show a COVID impact in order to utilize uh, that funding. And so uh, the housing providers would show that their rent rolls have been impacted uh, by the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Uh, the next question we had is, uh, I think, uh, somewhat similar, uh, but um, uh, Emily uh, asked if a landlord uh, gets a grant for 80% of the rent from uh, April to November, and they give 20% of that uh, rent, uh, or excuse me, forgive 20% of that rent. What happens if the tenant owes rent uh, for February, March? Um, is that still uh, owed by the tenant? And I think, Polly, that's a different way to ask the same question. But it, it is a different way to ask the same question, but in essence, again, um, it would need to be uh, looking particularly, I think, to the ERAP program, which does not have a specific COVID relation at this point would be uh, the best bet in that case uh, in order to clear that if that arrears. Okay. Uh, and Artie, let me put you on the spot here. How have you approached kind of uh, residents who maybe have beyond this period? Because I know you said that you'll be applying for the housing stabilization grant. How are you approaching sort of residents who have a rent uh, you know, beyond that period of April 1st or before that period? Before that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, very challenging. So right now we're hoping to use this to get what we can, and before that we'll have to look at, like you said, look at the other programs like ERAP, uh, before that, or, or other programs that come up using some of our own grant money to help uh, for that period before that. But it is difficult, right? You know, it's just there aren't any programs for, that have funding earlier than that. So but we're doing the best cobbling together whatever programs they are to help subsidize those rents. But this this is is a this is the largest year since since COVID and so this is a great help. Absolutely. And I think uh, what we hope that this does too is help the housing provider and the renter have a conversation about how they'll address uh, if they have other delinquency, how they'll address that too. Uh, part of the grant uh, agreement uh, that the housing provider will execute will actually uh, make sure that they have a conversation with the uh, resident so that the resident knows that the rent has been forgiven uh, for this uh, period. And so 
that's something to look out for as well. Deputy um, Mayor, actually, that is a requirement of the of the receiving the funds that there be a documentation and communication with the tenant in writing um, regarding the uh, uh, the payment of the arrears from April to November. Thank you. And uh, next question comes from Carlton, uh, who asks, uh, "What locations I can go to apply for rental assistance in person?" Um, good question. Yes. I uh, we're virtual. I think Holly, Laura, Chris, you're all virtual. We're virtual, and for the CHAP program and the ERAP program, the same uh, network of housing providers are participating, and it is by virtual uh, appointment and by telephone. Um, let me just give you the telephone for uh, the Department of Housing and Community Development. It's 202 442 7200 for any information on any of our rent assistance programs. Please ask for that and you'll be directed to the uh, point of contact who can uh, give you, uh, point you in the right direction for the right program. So that's 202 442 7200. And Dan Hemphasize enough that all the information that we've talked about today uh, will be on coronavirus.dc.gov. Uh, uh, so with that, I think we might have uh, exhausted all the questions, or maybe the questions exhausted us. Uh, so I'm going to ask uh, kind of final thoughts, uh, and we'll actually uh, start off with Ronnie. Ronnie, before I turn to you, uh, when we were talking about how we were going to, uh, uh, you know, use this uh, resource that the mayor had identified, uh, we were talking about whether we did it as a resident base or to the housing providers. And one of the things that you said kind of sounded a lot like what she said was that if we do it to the housing providers, we can make a whole building whole. And yes. And so, Ronnie, I just want to leave you with one of the parting thoughts if you want to share anything else with us. Yeah. I, I Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. I got a lot out of this, and and what the, the, the greatest thing was hope and and. To me, some of the people I come across, or a lot of them I'm going to come across, I will, I will give maybe give them some sense of peace for a while, some sense of hope, and uh, for this, if MHP can be granted any any of anything, any funds that that that. They are asking for or need for 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 Worthington Woods. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you. You know, I got to say, uh, Ronnie, that uh, over the weekend uh, I got the a great opportunity and honor to meet the vice president elect uh, Kamala Harris when she went uh, shopping with the mayor at the uh-huh. uh, But I got to say that you are uh, a very inspiring vice president in your own right. <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you. Can I just tell you that we've got, I just got an update from my staff. We have five applications so far for the small landlord program. Really, folks, uh, for anybody who's watching, please uh, spread the word. Let people know. It is really uh, critical that these resources be tapped immediately and that we make the payments in December. So pick up on hope and peace and let's, uh, let's uh, bring uh, the, the joys of this season. Uh, to uh, housing providers and tenants alike. Thank you. All right, Artie, you've heard us uh, beg and please for folks to get those applications in. Give us your final thoughts. Okay, well, I, I just want to say I'm proud to be here, and I am proud of what the district does is that you listen to the housing providers, right? And, and you're very creative in how you come up with programs, so I, I am delighted to be part of this team, and we're going to get our application in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, hold him to that. Hold him to that. I will. Uh, <laughs> I, will. Uh, I have his, I have his number. <laughs> fantastic. And uh, Laura, you want to give us one of your uh, parting thoughts uh, for the team? Thank you. Well, I, you know, the fact that Ronnie has hope and seeing his smile definitely gives me hope. Uh, right. We are definitely listening to residents, listening to our housing partners that, that we folks need help with rent right now. And I'm just uh, pleased to be part of an effort that is uh, working to find solutions that for our residents, for our tenants, as well as for our housing partners. 
And, um, and just uh, want to echo that there is no reason to wait to get help if you need help. We're here and we will work hard to assist you. So we're um, in it together. Thank you. Chris, these are tough acts to follow, but your parting thoughts? Uh, I think it's really important just to acknowledge the team that you see in front of you and the fact that everybody in front of you has been working really hard to make sure that we can do as much for the residents of the District of Columbia as is possible, and housing providers are a part of that ecosystem. So we're laser focused on that. The mayor and the deputy mayor have given us our charge uh, to make this happen, and so we're fully committed. So please reach out to us. We're here. We want to help get this solved. Absolutely. So I just want to thank everyone for joining us uh, for this uh, DEMPED weekly check-in. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, recovery. We talked a lot about uh, the programs, but it was great to hear uh, from some people who are doing the work and also people who benefit from that work. Uh, today. Uh, next week, we're actually going to uh, turn back to the Bridge Fund, and we're going to actually talk about uh, the program that we have uh, for the restaurants. Uh, I know a lot of folks uh, in the room and uh, on the phone have maybe worked in a restaurant before. The reason Mayor Bowser uh, set up the Bridge Fund was to actually uh, make sure that uh, employers uh, can keep uh, their employees and their teams uh, working in the weeks and months ahead. And so we're going to talk more about our approach on how we'll uh, navigate the restaurant program uh, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, so we hope that you'll tune in again uh, next uh, Tuesday. Again, for all the information that we talked about today, uh, coronavirus.dc.gov slash friends. Thank you. And as everybody says, and Mayor Bowser says often, we're all in this together, and we'll get through it together. Stay safe, everyone. Same to you. I, I just thank everyone for this opportunity to uh, give a uh, some ideas from our community. Thank you. Thank you, Ronnie.